You're listening to Sarah Picking Entertainment. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned into the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Last week on the Cherry Picking Podcast. It seems likely that Bama will lose at least one game this season, maybe two. This weekend's matchup against Tennessee might be that game. Bama's defense is going to have to slow down a Volunteers offense that puts up the second most points in college football at 46.8 points per game. The reason I think Bama will lose at least one game this season, maybe two, they have had some some close scares. Texas was a, a scare, certainly. This game against an A&M team that I don't even think is in the same league as Bama gave them this type of a scare. I know Bryce Young was hurt, but still, Texas A&M should not have been in this game. I just think that Alabama is, is probably due for a, a loss here, if I'm being honest, if I'm being for real. I think Tennessee is that perfect game the volunteers have a chance at home to beat Bama in in what would be one of the biggest stories in college football that Tennessee came back they're back at a high level playing uh the game of football in the SEC where we've we've seen them be dominant in the 80s and the 90s but it's been a long time coming this season to see Tennessee play at a high level and to be ranked so highly so this is a good opportunity for Tennessee to do the unthinkable but I just think Bama is ripe for an upset, and it could come this weekend. It really could. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andre Cherry, your host of the Cherry Picking Podcast. That soundbite you heard from my show last week was me predicting that Bama might be in some trouble against Tennessee, and boy, was I right. I had a sneaking suspicion that Bama would fall this season, and I was worried it may come against Tennessee. You really got to give credit to Josh Heupel, the head coach, and that whole Tennessee Volunteers team and that staff. The Vols got off to a hot start in that game, posting 21 points to Bama 7 just in the first quarter alone en route to a 52-49 victory over the Crimson Tide. Bama did not play like itself, committing 17 penalties, accounting for 130 yards, which is most ever during Nick Saban's tenure at the program. The team was playing very undisciplined ball, which is unlike Alabama. It truly is. In Saban's words, after the game, he said, and I quote, we did too many things to help Tennessee, end quote. Vols quarterback Hendon Hooker played at a Superman-like level against Bama as he completed 21 of 30 attempts for 385 yards and five touchdowns. He might be in the discussion for Heisman favorite. I mean, if he can keep it up, That's a huge resume-building victory for the team and and certainly for himself. Those are impressive stats. So he's somebody that we're going to have to look out for when we're talking about the Heisman race here in the the next few weeks when we we start hearing that discussion kind of heat up. The victory for Tennessee was the first ever over a top-10 team since 2006 against Georgia, which was also the last time Tennessee had beaten Alabama. This was an exciting game all throughout, and Tennessee's victory was capped off by kicker Chase McGrath nailing a 40-yard field goal as time expired to give the Volunteers a 52-49 victory. 
Nobody was partying harder, I'm sure, than that young man, Chase McGrath, over the weekend. You saw the pictures. You saw all the stills of the smoke and the fireworks and the fans rushing the, the field and pulling up the goalposts like they used to do in the early 2000s. And I guess they threw it into the river. And I saw the volunteers' athletic department was asking for donations to pay for new goalposts, which is kind of laughable. This is a huge huge win for the program a team that has been somewhat irrelevant I would say the last several years decade I mean it's quite the turnaround for a Tennessee program that seemingly hit rock bottom a few seasons ago in 2019 when it lost to Georgia State in the season opener you could see the reactions just flooding Twitter a lot of ESPN personalities a lot of folks that follow college football just saying how disappointed they are in Tennessee and the state of the program, and things can't get any worse. This is the bottom. I mean, it. Paul Feinbaum, for for instance, and look up his tweets, just really strong opinions about Tennessee and the state that the program was in. It's been a long time coming. Josh Heupel has revived this program seemingly. He's in his second year there. Such a tremendous effort, such a good story for college football. I mean, for its winning effort against Alabama, the Vols jumped up three spots in the AP poll to number three for this week's ranking. So they would, if the season ended today, qualify for the playoffs. This team has a long way to go, certainly, but this team is doing all the right things. They are looking impressive. This volunteer team this week gets UT Martin, so that should be a little bit of a a breather for them before they get a hungry Kentucky team on October 29th, followed by a big-time showdown with number 1 Georgia on November 5th. If both of these teams are still undefeated at that time, everybody and their mama will be at that game. College game day will be there, I'm sure. Be there again. So this is this is going to be a big-time test for Tennessee. They get a little bit of a break this weekend, but the next two weeks are loaded. I mean, Kentucky is a team that knows how to win, has been playing really well lately. Georgia, the ultimate test. So I'm excited for that. Hats off to Tennessee. That's a shame Bama lost, but like I said last week in that opening sound clip you heard, Alabama was destined to lose at least a game this season. They got lucky against Texas and Texas A&M. I still think there might be another loss brewing, possibly this week against Mississippi State. Bama has got a tougher road ahead if they expect to make it to the SEC championship game, and to make it to the playoffs again. So we still got plenty of season to go. I'm excited to see what both of these teams can do, but hats off to Tennessee. They had a tremendous victory this past weekend against Alabama. Now if we transition into my Week 8 locks for this week, I'll just run through the list here. In the ACC, I'm taking Wake Forest over BC. Wake is favored by 21 points in this matchup, and for good reason. The Demon Deacons are a well-coached, well-balanced team. I do think Wake Forest runs away with this game, but I am interested to see what BC's Zay Flowers is able to do in this game. He currently leads all ACC receivers with 556 total receiving yards. He has been an offensive bright spot on a BC team that is struggling and is underwhelming this season. So I'm taking Wake over BC out of the ACC. In the Big Ten, I'm taking Maryland over Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern. This is not going to be pretty for Northwestern. Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern. Maryland is going to beat the Wildcats pretty bad in this one. When I look at Northwestern's schedule, they might not get another win the rest of the season. 
If you recall, they beat Nebraska in Week 0 action, but since that time, they've been on a five-game losing streak. The back half of Northwestern's schedule is nasty. Four of those six games are on the road, but they won't even get any relief at home either as those two teams that they're playing at home are against an explosive Ohio State team and a hungry Illinois squad that has its sights set on Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game. So Northwestern is is pretty bad, and I say that lightly, but I mean they are in a bad situation this season. It's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. But Pat Fitzgerald, he has one of the safest jobs in college football. He's not going anywhere. Hopefully his team can figure out what they need to do for next season, whether that be recruiting or the transfer portal. But this team is in bad shape right now. And it's so unlike Northwestern. We've seen them at the highest of heights, but then we've also seen them regress. They are regressing pretty bad this season and they are not going to get any relief the back half of the schedule i'm taking maryland over northwestern in the big 10 in the big 12 i'm taking kansas over baylor kansas is a team that we're all rooting for deep down inside you know you're rooting for kansas you know you are their transformation this season has been remarkable at this point i'm hoping that the jayhawks can earn bowl eligibility this season which would be the first time they've gone to one in 14 seasons, if you can believe that or not. Golly. Both Kansas and Baylor have dropped their last two games. And for Baylor, they're coming off a heartbreaking upset loss to West Virginia. Even though Baylor is favored in this matchup by seven, I think Kansas actually has enough offensive firepower to stay in this game. I was impressed despite those losses they had against TCU and last week against Oklahoma. They hung around. They hung around against TCU and they came back against Oklahoma. And so they've got the pieces, they've got the offense to to stay in any game. They shouldn't be scared of any team this season, which was hats off to the coaching staff to get this team believing that they can win and can stay in games. The key for them this weekend against Baylor is that they're going to have to finish. They're going to have to play a complete game. They're going to have to finish the job. And if they can do that, they can beat Baylor and they would earn themselves bowl eligibility for the first time in 14 seasons. I think this game is going to be close. There's no doubt about that, but I like Kansas in this matchup. This would be a great win for the program, and to get them back to a bowl eligibility, that's all you can ask for this season. Like That should be the bar to hit bowl eligibility. So I think they they have a good shot to doing it this weekend against Baylor. So I'm excited for that. Kansas over Baylor in the Big 12. In the Pac-12, we got a big-time matchup. Number 9, UCLA versus number 10, Oregon. This is a huge game out of the Pac-12. Two top 10 teams, both of which are coming off of a bye week. Oregon has played well this season, much better than I thought, to be honest. After the week one drubbing at the hands of Georgia, 49-3, if you remember that. The Ducks have breezed through its schedule for the most part. And UCLA, if we look at them by comparison, they have been playing really well. And they are one of the better Big Ten teams this season. I mean, Pac-12 teams this season, my bad, a little little early on that. They've had back-to-back wins against ranked Utah and Washington. That's nothing to sneeze at. The Bruins are looking really good. I'm curious to see what Dan Lanning's defense does at Oregon to try to limit the playmaking ability of UCLA's Dorian Thompson-Robinson. The guy has been unreal this season. He's passed for over 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. This by far has been his best start yet during his five seasons at UCLA. He's also added 231 rushing yards and four touchdowns on the ground. 
I give the slight edge to UCLA, even though the Bruins will be traveling into hostile territory up in Eugene this weekend. Either way, I'll be glued to this game for a 3.30 start on Fox, so don't miss it. Then in the SEC, I'm taking Ole Miss over LSU. Ole Miss's remaining schedule is no joke, and if the Rebels expect to stay undefeated, they are going to have to go through LSU, A&M, Bama, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. That is no joke. That's that's tough. LSU is favored by a point and a half this weekend, but if Ole Miss can replicate the success it had on the ground against Auburn last weekend in this game, they will win this matchup. Last week, if you don't remember, the Rebels rushed for 448 yards as a team. It was the most productive single game total since 1962, if you can believe it or not. Golly. In the SEC, Ole Miss over LSU. Let me run it back down for you one more time, just so you got it. These are my straight up week eight predictions out of the power five. These are teams that I think will just win straight up. In the ACC, Wake Forest over BC. In the Big Ten, Maryland over Northwestern. In the Big 12, Kansas over Baylor. In the Pac-12, UCLA over Oregon. And in the SEC, Ole Miss over LSU. After a short break, I'm going to talk about Ohio State, tell you some games you should be glued to this weekend, and then we'll get out of here. Don't go anywhere. Cherry Picking Podcast will be right back. Basketball is back. And with that comes joy, tension, heartbreak, buzzer beaters, and elation. It's time to be courtside for every one of those moments, no matter where your team is playing. Short Court specializes in making replica and custom basketball courts for your home, office, sports cave to decorate your walls with all those memories. If you have a picture, we can recreate it. Featured in the 2021 UniWatch Holiday Gift Guide, Short Courts are made using real wood, we frame, and give them an epoxy finish to protect the new centerpiece of your memorabilia collection. With previous customers including Northern Kentucky University, Southern Utah University, 199 Apparel, The Perimeter Podcast with Adam Morrison, and many more celebrating the careers and retirements of their coaches, it's time you visit shortcourts.com for more info and a gallery of our work, or you can send us an email, info at shortcourts.com. Be sure to find us on social media, just search for shortcourts. It's time to bring the home court home. Want to know what life is really like after the game is all over? Real athletes are here to share their true stories of adversity and triumph every week on After Orange Slices. Even if you don't like sports, pro athletes, former college stars, celebrities, coaches, public speakers, doctors, and all kinds of experts join the show, and there's a little bit of something for everybody. Join me, Bridget, for a slice of inspiration plus your everyday sports news sprinkled in. New episodes every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. So, now on this side of the break, I just want to talk to you real quick about Ohio State. They're the only team left in my original predictions that I made for teams that will make it to the college football playoffs. They're the only unbeaten team remaining. Alabama had a loss last weekend. We just talked about it at the top of the show. NC State and Iowa, they are well out of the the race or the discussion. I'm disappointed in both of those teams. I'm very disappointed in NC State. They just let me down every freaking year, man. It just hurts. But Ohio State, they are 7-0, undefeated. They're looking good out of the Big Ten. Ohio State is about to whoop some ass against the Hawkeyes this weekend. They're going to whoop some corn ass this weekend, and it's not going to be pretty. 
Iowa holds opposing offenses to 9.8 points per game, which is impressive. That defense has been playing amazing thus far. I mean, for the teams they played on the schedule, the defense has looked really great. But the Hawkeyes have not seen a team like Ohio State yet this season. Iowa is going to have its work cut out for them this week as the Buckeyes score the most points in college football at 48.8 points per game. That's damn near 50 points per game. There are a bunch of studs on Ohio State's offense, certainly, but C.J. Stroud, a Heisman frontrunner, has been playing at an unbelievable level. He's already thrown for over 1,700 yards with 24 touchdowns and only three interceptions. Y'all, he's averaging four touchdowns a game. Damn, that's insane. Ohio State is the only undefeated team left in my preseason predictor, and they have the best odds to make it to the playoffs right now. They're going to whoop some ass this weekend. They're going to put a beating on the Hawkeyes. It's not going to be pretty, but Ohio State is doing what it's got to do. They look like one of the better teams in college football, honestly. So I have been impressed to see what they've done this season. They've been the only college football team on the FBS level to have double-digit double victories over all the teams that they played this season. I mean, that's, that's impressive stuff. And so Iowa good luck this weekend. That's going to be rough. That's all that I really have for this show. I mean, I appreciate you listening to this little shorty that I put together for this week. Real quick here, there's some top matchups for week eight uh, that I didn't speak to already. We got number 24, Mississippi State versus number six, Alabama. This is another test for Alabama. Can that defense hold against Mississippi State? That, That Mississippi Bulldog team can put up some offense there. They can be explosive under Mike Leach. So that's not a gimme win for Alabama. They really should be on upset alert for that game as well because that could be could be dangerous. And then you got number 20, Texas, versus number 11, Oklahoma State. Texas has been playing well this season. I'm sure they're tired of hearing everybody say, are they back or not? They're back. They're not back. It probably gets tiring for them. It's getting tiring for me. But Texas is playing well this season. you got to give them some credit here. If they can get this win against Oklahoma State, which has been almost like the gold standard in the Big 12, Oklahoma has been a team that has dominated, but Oklahoma State has been in the discussion year in and year out. If Texas can get a good victory over Oklahoma State this weekend, that's a good marker for success. It's a good marker that they are in the right direction because Oklahoma State is a well-coached team and they know how to win. So I'm, I'm excited for that game. You got number 17, Kansas State versus number 8, TCU. Really excited to see what Adrian Martinez can do with his Kansas State team. He's gotten them playing really well. TCU is a team that also knows how to win, but they are beatable. They, they aren't a team that makes me scared or uh, you know makes me second-guess my abilities if I'm Kansas State. I, I think that could be a really evenly matched game there. And I, I would give the slight edge to Kansas State, to be honest. I, I think they, I think they're rolling right now, and they're they're a good team. And then we got number 14 Syracuse versus number five Clemson. I think that game is in prime time on ABC on Saturday night. Syracuse is doing all the things that they need to do to be undefeated right now. I mean, they have played all their teams on its schedule well. They've they've won, which is the marker of success that we look at. They beat my NC State teams. I'm a little bitter about that, but NC State's wounded, certainly. But Syracuse is is doing what it's got to do. They are in the hunt right now with Clemson. If they can beat Clemson, they control their own destiny out of the ACC Atlantic. I think it's a long shot. Syracuse has a tough schedule, 
the remaining games. But anything is possible. If someone can beat Clemson, why not let it be Syracuse? I would love to see it. I just don't think they've got enough to beat Clemson. Clemson, I don't think will lose another game this season, if I'm being honest with you. I don't. Credit to Dino Babers and what he's done for Syracuse. This was a guy that was probably on the hot seat at the end of last season. He's played himself into keeping his job. That's always a good thing. Syracuse is in a good position right now. They are number 14 in the country. If they can beat Clemson, everybody will be talking about them next week. But that's a huge task if they can beat Clemson. It's not easy. Nobody's done it yet this season. Nobody's gotten close. So good luck to Syracuse this weekend against Clemson. There we have it, my friends. That was my week eight podcast. It was a little shorty this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you've got a game that you're you're eyeing for this weekend. There are some good games coming up here. I'm definitely excited to see what UCLA and Oregon can do this weekend. That's going to be a good matchup. I'm also excited for Kansas and Baylor. Rooting for Kansas to hopefully get bowl eligible this weekend. But there's plenty of games. There's plenty of storylines. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Hope it helped you. Hope you learned a little bit. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. Hope you have a good rest of your week. Have a great weekend. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Peace. Ohio State is about to whoop some ass against the Hawkeyes this weekend. They're going to whoop some corn ass this weekend. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website, cherrypickingsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.